Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey everyone, I'm Nicole. And I'm Ben. And you're listening to Wicked and Grim, a true crime podcast. Episode five, here we go. Episode five. Ready to roll? I don't know. Ask me at the end. <laughs> I'm hoping I can sit through all this because my back is like killing me today. I don't We're know why. We're getting old. I know, right? Well, my birthday's next month. You better be getting me something cool. 33. I actually already have it. You do? 33. Oh, right. You 33 do. 33 isn't really a big deal though. It's not like it's a Well, no, mile. it's not a big deal. Okay. But every birthday is a milestone really. I You need to think that way. Well another year in this planet yeah that's for a sure birthday is not promised to anyone no well tomorrow's not promised to anyone Touché. the end of this podcast isn't promised to you dun, dun, dun. i could like unplug it and that's the end of the series just <laughs> okay. end it for people it's done. all gone that's how we'll wrap it up when we're done with this yep there now you know it oh look at kiwi oh yeah we have our mascot joining us our, our black cat kiwi's just all snuggled up in the center of one of the dog beds yeah, living the life. I wish I could just lay around all day like a cat. I really wish dream. that I could just have one day where I did that. Right. Oh, even feel- weekends were just nonstop. Go, go, go. I've been feeling the need for that. I think it's coming up. I'm going to just have a day where I'm just bumping a log. Good call. Good call. Oh, um, actually, I completely forgot about this until just this moment. Should we maybe tell them that we're going to be doing a little giveaway thing soon? Hopefully, maybe almost. I don't know. We don't know how long it's going to be, though. But we are, we have a giveaway in the works. Yeah, we do. Because like we've had such awesome support from you guys so far that we're like, we need to give back to you just to say thank you for how welcoming you've been for us starting this podcast. We need to thank our peeps. But we, we got to get the thing to give away first. But it's super cool. And I think you're going to want it. Oh, for sure. I want it. Well, maybe we should get some for us. Yeah, but we're moving to a tiny house. Oh, so right. you said yeah. no. I forgot about that aspect. Because <laughs> we already have those things. But we're not going to say what it is. Yeah. We're not going to, are we? No. Okay. We will say that we're going to be working with a local artisan to get it done up. How's that? And she's very popular and they're super cool. Oh, you said she. So now it's like <gasps> narrowed down. Did you just assume her gender? Their gender? Did you assume their gender? I just assumed her gender too by saying that technically. Technically. No, she is an amazing artist, and uh, yeah, it's going to be pretty cool what we uh, put together. Yeah, I'm actually stoked. Yeah, so yeah. stoked. Are you stoked for this episode? I am. The research is done? The research is done um, in the nick of time, not going to lie. Just, just. But uh, it was actually like super hard. I was expecting the research for this one to be much easier than the last one. And why is that? 
Okay, well, it's an old case. So it's like, oh, there's probably not very much detail out there. Like, how many sources can there be? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, there's very limited to sources, but, like, every single one of them was different. Well, how how did you figure out what the the case is? Basically, by just reading as much as I could. And then if I ever came across the same info twice, then I was like, okay, this seems, like, more legit. Like, I just had to to do a lot more reading and a lot more because before my last case it was just news stories and it was a recent case so everything was up to date and pretty black and white hey eh? and but this just wasn't yeah that's kind of the a way cool these case, old ones though. though i feel like if the case was super easy for me to research maybe it wouldn't be very fun to listen to that's true right that's true that could so be. when you say it's a super old case how old are we talking here well it's a historic case a canadian another canadian i'm case. into the canadian we, we should uh, delve into some other country cases here soon because we're like sticking very close to home recently. Yeah, well, I always said I would, so you do yeah. that. <laughs> well, I do know the next case is it's going to involve a Canadian, but in a different country. So so this the, the murder itself happened in the 1880s. 1880. Ooh. So it's quite old, eh? Yeah, this is, this is our oldest case yet. Yeah. It's pretty intense. My jaw definitely like dropped a few times as I was doing my research. Well, I'm, I'm ready for my jaw to be happen. dropped to the floor this episode. Okay, you ready? So it's, I'm ready. It's the story of the Donnelly family massacre. 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 The Donnelly family manicure. <laughs> they all went out and got manis and petties together. This is a it good was fantastic. Start. Um, no, the Donnelly, th- that name the rings Donnelly a bell. Family. That name rings it's a bell. A very, it's a very like famous Canadian case. Okay, so I'm going to dive in here. Okay, let's hear it. Start, start us off. So the story starts in Tipperary, Ireland, during the potato fathom. Fathom? They can't fathom how many potatoes there are? Fa- am I, did I say that wrong? I don't know. what. Fathom? Fa- famine. Famine. The potato famine? <laughs> Holy frig. This okay. I have to get my crap together here. The, like the, the pot- potato famine. Famine. Like the, they're starving? I'm about to dive into okay, what that okay, is. Okay. Do you know what that is, babe? I can't fathom what that would be. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> Holy. Okay, so the potato famine began in 1845 when a fungus-like orgasm. <laughs> okay, I got to start over. <laughs> no, we're keeping that in there. <laughs> That's staying in. Oh no. The fungus-like what? Orgasm? <laughs> Organism. <laughs> Holy. Okay, Best get my crap together. <laughs> I love this. Oh, my jaw is dropping to the floor just like you said. <laughs> oh, okay. So this fungus-like organism, organism spread rapidly through the potato crops. My face is probably red. Oh, it is. Um, ruining up to one half of the crops the first year and about three quarters of the crops over the next seven years. All because of one orgasm, hey? So roughly one million people died of starvation Damn. then. This is a big deal. It is. I like he just brushed off what I said, just ignored well, because me. Because we're moving on. Okay, okay, moving with, on. With at least are you able to? With I'm at least try. Um, another million being forced to leave. So it was a situation where you either stayed and starved or you left. Okay. Um so the Donnellys decided to seek a better life. And I'm assuming they came to Canada. Sure. sure. Yes. Yes, they did. Uh, so James Donnelly, Johanna Donnelly, and their son at the time, James Jr., immigrated to Canada. Arriving in Canada, they soon welcomed another son, 
named Will. Okay. okay. And they settled in the township. See, I'm, I'm going to have trouble pronouncing things tonight. The township of Budolf, near the town of Lucan, just north of London, Ontario. Budolf Lucan. <laughs> Those are two hard ones. They didn't have a lot, but they did have a very strong work ethic. That's good. And began building their homestead. And this is interesting. So they laid claim to 100 acres, which was basically just land that they decided they liked and they picked out and were essentially squatters on. Well, I'm like, I do know that it was a little bit easier to claim land back in those days. It, that was like more of a, it was a common practice. Yeah. So, however, approximately 10 years later, this would cause some problems, which I just feel like that would cause problems. The land they were squatting on had unknowingly been sold or leased. That was like not really something that I could totally get in the research. It was either sold or leased him. I don't know. Okay, okay. To Patrick Farrell. And upon his arrival, he was obviously very surprised to find the Donnellys on his land. Could you imagine, hey? Yeah, you're just like, oh, I got this new place, these new acreage. And then there's just people living you're there. You're just like stoked to like see your new investment and there's people there. Like, WTF, get off my property. No kidding. Off my front lawn, you young kids. So Patrick took the Donnellys to court, where the judge, recognizing all the improvements the Donnellys made to the land, actually split the land. So 50 acres went to Patrick, and 50 acres went to the Donnellys. This outcome did not sit well, and hard feelings obviously remained. Okay, I, I that's a tough spot, though. They had, like, I mean, they were there for 10 years. They had a lot of work being put into this. Like, yeah. James did a lot of work. He's a hardworking man. Mm -hmm. Landscaping, farming, all that sort of stuff. Building their house, building fences, whatever. Yeah. So it got split in half. Um, in June of 1857, Patrick and James found themselves face to face at a barn raisin bee. A what? A barn raising bee. Bee. Okay, I know what barn raising is, but what do you mean a barn raising So bee? it's like a work bee. So they used to do this back in the day where if there was big projects needing to be done, yeah. like a barn being made, yeah, they would have a work bee where a lot of the locals would come together and they would be provided hard liquor in return for their work. Okay. okay. I was like, Ben would be there. Yeah, I would. <laughs> Give me booze. I'll do almost anything. That's literally what I thought almost as I Almost anything, that. though. Uh, yeah, that, I knew what a barn raise was, but I didn't, I've never heard of the, the bee part. Yeah, barn, barn raisin, work bee, I don't know, I just joined the two. Okay. So drinking was obviously involved, words were exchanged, and Patrick and James got into an argument. Fisty cuffs come in? Which ultimately ended with Patrick suffering a blow to the head from a hand spike thrown by James. Oh, dang. It didn't kill him instantly, but he did die from his injuries shortly after, and a warrant was issued for oh, James's really? arrest. That's brutal that he died from that. Well, I think he would. Like, what do you mean by a hand spike? Like, like I just thought like a, a large nail. Like, what's a hand spike? I don't spike? know. I didn't research what a hand spike was. Because I was thinking like 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 a large nail, maybe a railway spike yeah, or something like that. A piece of metal hitting in your head. It depends if it like jabbed in or whatever, Well, right? I can't imagine it would jab in. Maybe it's a good shot. <laughs> Just ninja throwing <laughs> star of that shit. <laughs> um, so after the incident, James 
went into hiding. He successfully hid for some time. It was reported for upwards of two years. Ooh. However, in this time, and this was kind of funny, there were, were reports of a new addition to the Donnelly farm. A large muscular laborer was spotted in the field wearing women's clothes, and also Johanna grew visibly pre- pregnant. So he wasn't far. Huh. <laughs> I'm like, that is funny. No kidding. Large muscular figure wearing women's clothing. Doing, doing uh, farm labor. I love it. I love that visual. Yeah. <laughs> Um, James did eventually turn himself in, saying that Patrick had provoked him and started the fight. It on it sounds like it's like manslaughter. Like he got mad and just threw something at him and it ended up killing him. I mean, depending on what a hand spike is, maybe it's a freaking like like a pickaxe or something, right? I don't know. Yeah, like he I don't think he went to that work be intending to no. kill him, right? No. He probably didn't even know he was gonna be there. Uh he was sentenced to be hung. Hanged? Hung? I don't know how you say that. Hanged. But Johanna couldn't have this. So she put in a petition for mercy, which lowered James's sentence to seven years. Oh, well, that's that's a drastic change. It's like either you die or you sit here for seven years. There's no well, in between. And I love the power that like a wife could have of that no back kidding. in the day. Right on. Good for her. I don't her. even think that would be listened to nowadays. But um, Something that I hadn't mentioned yet is James and Johanna have actually had eight children at this point. Seven boys and one girl. So if you guys can hear this like <laughs> stuff, we have a dog chewing on a bone, a cat climbing all over me right now. It's like it's a disaster. We need to like lock the animals up while we're doing this I think situation. So. I think so. So Johanna now had the head of the family needed to toughen up her boys as there was obviously like a lot of work to do. Yeah. And this is apparently just what she did, because when James was released from prison in 1866, his boys were now men and tough as nails. Were they wearing dresses out in the field? No, I don't (laughs) think that got passed on to them. No? Okay. They were not afraid to throw a punch and had many of their own run-ins with the law. And I mean many. From various accounts of assault, both verbally and physical, arson, theft, robbery, Assaulting a police officer, they honestly, like, the Donnellys just had a rap sheet. That's a whole ass resume is what well, that is. Well, I mean, is. like, look at how many boys there were and, like, dad's in jail. I don't know. I don't know. The whole boys will be boys story is kind of like, eh, it only goes so far, you know? Yeah. But, okay, but it wasn't just the Donnelly boys, too. It was also reported that jo- Johanna had a few run-ins with the law herself involving Constable Carroll. Huh. You'll hear that name again. Constable Carroll. Okay. A local saying went, the farther one lives down Roman line road, the tougher one is. And the Donnellys live at the end of the road. Okay. Okay. They're tough. I feel like that's almost foreshadowing. Like they live at the end of the road. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, ooh. Possibly, yeah. So aside from them having a, a rougher reputation, the land... The land dispute that I talked about at the beginning. There was also a political aspect to this story. The township they they were in had a large Irish settler population. And the the politics from their homeland, of course, didn't disappear when they came over here. The Donnellys were known as Blackfeet. Assuming this is also where, because in a lot of the research, they had the title of the Black Donnellys came from. Um, stems from when the Britain colonized Ireland. 
Blackfeet were Catholic Irish who chose not to fight the English or Protestants and rather live in peace, often doing business and becoming friendly with them. Okay. And this was very controversial choice because it was considered them not choosing a side. Okay, I see. I see. So people are getting angry. It's like you got to you got to stand up. You got to pick who you're going to be with. Yeah. Right? Okay. So the white Almost cowardly, I bet, right? I well, yeah, cuz the white boys refused to live peacefully with the English and hated Blackfeet even more than the Protestants. Okay. Yeah, okay. It I could see it being considered to be cowardly back in that day sort of thing. Yeah. So, and the township was unfortunately an equal mix of these groups, which just in gotcha. any situation. Yeah, that's that's a that's a stew, a brew, waiting to uh, to I don't boil Did over. Did you say stew, stew on purpose? Because isn't stew kind of Irish? Well, it is Irish. Well, there's Irish stew. There's there's stew is like all over the world. Oh, okay. I thought it was kind of an Irish dish. I mean, maybe it's more prominent in that area, but I do know that like stew and soup is like. Came from like every culture. Oh, okay. Here I thought you were like doing something well. No, <laughs> came away. No, I was just thinking that like wrong. tempers would have been stewing. So I mm. said that was a stew. Okay. A you brew, do that all the then... time, though. Make jokes like that, and yeah. Anyway, before I move on to talk about the Donnelly Stagecoach Endeavor, which is quite exciting. Stagecoach Endeavor, Ooh. which is quite excited. Exciting. I wanted to note that many articles I read mentioned the Donnellys weren't the only family up to no good. Many communities in Ontario in the 19th century dealt with numerous crimes. And the bringing, bringing criminal, criminals, criminal, criminal, I can't speak, bringing criminal, <laughs> criminals or, to orgasms, justice, bringing the orgasms wasn't, to justice. Always e- wasn't always e- easy either. Many constables themselves were untrained or criminals as well. Jeez. And for many reasons, the courts didn't or couldn't always hand out reasonable punishments. Witnesses would fear testifying. Juries would not convict. There are just many reasons why the law back then had some issues. Yeah. Um, so now, in the, eight, in the 1870s, William Donnelly started a stagecoach line, which is really cool. And it was okay. a huge success. Entrepreneur. I know. They, they were like hardworking peeps. The um, but this actually got the Donnelly family more unwanted enemies oh, no. because they were doing really well. Of course, um, the Donnelly su- success caused one of their competitors to sell their business to Patrick Flanagan, who wanted nothing more than to see the Donnellys fail. Of course, of course. Can you imagine buying a business just to like make sure your enemy fails? I mean. Well, it's not that it was an enemy, but remember that one time when we were younger and you were, well, you still are, but you were obsessed with Lululemon. And I was like, I should start a company and call it La La Lime and I should take over. I don't know if that would have gone well for I th- you, though. I think it would have been like a booming business. Just saying. I do think it, think it would have been like amazing. It could have been. I'll, I'll get all it could have been. Yeah, that's copyrighted now officially, by the way, because it's documented on this. <laughs> so if, if you ever see that store pop up, you know Ben's behind it. Yes. <laughs> um, so the rival between these two began. It was extremely violent with arson, fist fights, and attacks on each other's animals. Jeez. I hate when there's animal things. I just like, I'm an animal lover. It's, Don't affect the animals. It, it's a whole new level because it's like, okay, humans, like we can think for ourselves. We can defend ourselves. We are not always, but generally putting ourselves into the, the situation, situation where these animals are 
innocent. Yeah, they're just helpless bystanders. Like, don't hurt them. Not that a person can't be a helpless bystander, but it's not always the case where it is always the case that the animal is that helpless bystander. Yes. After the shenanigans, the Donnellys, if they didn't already get blamed for most things, they got blamed for pretty much almost every crime committed going forward. Sweet. Uh, Though few convictions were ever secured against them, as the allegations were usually based on nothing. Um, They did have, I did want to note, they did have some friends and some allies. 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 (laughs) They had some allies. Some allies and some orgasms that you couldn't fathom. (laughs) But the majority of the township just hated the Donnellys. Gotcha. Hated them. Which is sad. In 1879, Father John Connolly arrived at St. Patrick's Roman Catholic Church. Look, I got a sentence out. There you go. Good job. He was You're doing well. Keep going. He was greeted with many stories of the Donnellys, so decided to take action by creating a peace society. Okay, good for him. I like this. Do you? I don't think you should, but okay. Well, he's he's trying to make peace between them? I guess. Member of this, members of the society agreed to have their home searched for stolen property, but the Donnellys apparently did not sign this pledge. Okay. So from I'm still hung up on why I shouldn't like this peace thing. Well, that's basically a peace treaty, right? He's all like, "We can be friends, guys." I mean, his intentions might have been good, but he also. And I don't have this in my notes, but he also seemed like he developed an opinion of the Donnellys from okay. just listening to all the people without even really getting to know them himself. Okay, so maybe there was like a hidden motive behind this I thing. think so, because okay. yeah, he wanted to have like the property search and he was expecting that to go into the Donnellys, there'd be like all the stolen goods and stuff. Okay, yeah, see my, my assumption of this was that he's like... Well, the name sounds nice. Yeah, he's like, we can bring everyone together, we can put this all behind us. That was my assumption, but okay. So from this group, a splinter group is formed. Okay. And they are called... The Vigilance Committee. Vigilance Committee. Okay, I got you. The Vigilance Committee. I I was expecting some like very villainous name, but that's that's like I don't know. It's like a block watch committee. You know, like we're gonna make sure there's no no dicks or robbers or anything on this oorah, you know, sort of thing. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You know, all the Karens getting together, making sure the block watch is all good. Block is safe. Yeah, that's kind of what's going on. I think. I like where your mind goes. So part of the committee is Constable James Carroll, who is bound and determined to stand up to the Donnellys. Oh, okay. Uh, to stand up to them. But I just feel like it's so odd that a constable is part of this committee. Right? I don't know. I just thought that was weird. It's a really weird situation. You have some religious dudes starting all this, and then a constable being part of this committee. And stuff. Like, it's very, very backwoods stuff going on, I Well, think. it's pretty much the Donnellys <laughs> against the, the town, really. I feel like. All because they were squatters originally, hey? Basically. Well, that's how it started, but they they have gotten themselves into a lot of situations, yeah. too. Like, there was a long list of tons of times that they've been, like, arrested. If I, I could probably have an hour podcast on just all oh, of that. Jeez. So, not long after the Vigilance Committee is formed, William Thompson, a local farmer, notices that one of his cows is missing and, of course, blames the Donnellys. Of course. The committee is on it, though, and decides to go over to the Donnellys to search the farm for the missing cow. So hold on. I just want to say one thing here. 
I don't know why, but I I almost feel bad for the Donnellys. Like I'm at their defense right now. I'm full. I'm fully expecting that to turn right around and me to realize that they're complete assholes. <laughs> but for some reason, I'm just feeling really bad for them. Like they're the victims of the situation here. Well, I don't know if it will turn around for you, actually. Oh, shit. Okay. Okay. But honestly, like, I kind of felt that vibe, too, when I was researching it a bit. Like, I don't know. Just, I mean, they did so many, they did so many bad things. But it was just, like, at that time, a lot of people were doing bad things. But there was a lot of them. And I don't know. Okay, now where the heck was I? Oh, right. The cow. The cow. Yeah, the cow. Okay, so there was no cow. No cow turned up the Donnellys. The cow is found later and had simply just gotten out. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. It's thought the whole trespassing incident was set up so they could inspect the Donnelly farm. Oh, yeah, I could see that. The Donnellys charged the group, obviously, with trespassing... Numerous arrests were made, but in the trial, it said that James gave them permission to come on the property, so charges were dropped. But did he? No. Well, who the hell said that? Like, who said that they had permission? That just, like, remember how a little bit earlier I said that not everything goes, like, the right way? Yeah. Okay, sorry. That's one of those. I I have a feeling I'm going to be hung up on a lot of little (laughs) things like that. I already have. In the 1880s, the Vigilance Committee strikes again. Their plan was to burn down a barn and blame the Donnellys to heighten outrage and, and I imagine, get more supporters. Yeah. The night they planned to do this, the, Don- the Donnellys they had wanted to blame were at a dance. So James and Johan- Johanna were- got blamed. Which, sorry, I changed my, my page. <laughs> this was a terrible plan, though, because at that point, both of them are like quite elderly. Um, and even the Donnelly's worst enemies could see the case against them was quite weak. The trial was set to start on February 4th, 1880. I'm like dumbfounded right now. I'm waiting. I I need to know how this turns out. Cause like, how are they going to get away with just, I'm going to burn down my own barn and blame these people. Like what? So the night before the trial, the family, the Donnelly family was busy in preparation James and Johanna had a houseful. Their niece Bridget was visiting from Ireland, and Thomas Donnelly was also home, and a 13-year-old farm boy named Johnny O'Connor was over to help care for the farm chores while the Donnellys were going to be away at their trial. trial. John Donnelly had headed over to his brothers, Williams, that lived nearby, to borrow a sleigh to take the family to the court the following day, but decided to spend the night there. Okay, okay. I feel like this is just going down like this rabbit hole of <laughs> shit. The vigilance committee, however, had another plan for their evening. Oh, my God. The committee was very unhappy as they figured James and Johanna would be found not guilty of burning down the barn. Well, it's because they're not. Yeah. 
So approximately 30 of the Donnelly's most bitter enemies gathered with weapons and liquor and decided to take matters into their own hands. It's not a good old mob if you don't have liquor. Yeah, they need the liquor. Yeah, definitely. Just after midnight, with some liquid courage consumed. <laughs> they... Do you actually have that in your notes? <laughs> I do. <laughs> yes. I was like, I got to put that in there. I'll forget. The angry mob um, led by Constable Carol storm over to the Donnelly household. These guys are dicks. <laughs> when they re- arrive, they surround the, po- the property and Constable Carol barges through the front door, creating an element of surprise. I mean, I would be freaking freaked right out if someone yeah. marched in our house no kidding. right now as I look at the door. I would definitely be surprised. <laughs> Thomas, the strongest family member present, was handcuffed immediately. Commotion obviously woke the household. James requested to see a warrant, but Carol didn't have one. At that point, Carol singled, signaled, signaled? Signaled? <laughs> for the other men to storm in the house. And they did. They stormed in there and a brutal attack occurred. Jeez. This and this right here like shows how it was, was a brutal. Weapons of choice, pitchforks, shovels, clubs, and axes. Okay, I that as soon as you said that like there was like twenty to thirty of them with like liquor and like weapons, I literally first thing I pictured, pitchforks. Well, and back in the day and yeah. stuff. It's a mob. I'm surprised they didn't have flaming torches as well. I feel like that's also the what you kind of have for like a zombie apocalypse, though, too. Uh, I mean, definitely if you're out in a farm, you're going to find those things. So that's what you're going to grab. Yeah. Although my zombie apocalypse weapon of choice, a wooden baseball bat. Just saying. Oh, with the rhubarb? Or is that what you Rhubarb. Rhubarb? <laughs> rhubarb? <laughs> what do you call it? What? what did the guy from The Walking Dead have? Oh, Negan had barbed wire. <laughs> Rhubarb. I I think you were thinking rebar, which is rebar. Is that how you say it? Well, no, it's it's barbed wire is what he had, but rebar is the word I think you had in your head, and that is like it's a thick bar they use for like foundations and buildings and stuff. Okay, good old rhubarb. I feel like that would do the trick. (laughs) Yeah, just beat a freaking zombie over the head with a vegetable. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay, so the this first is the best episode it so isn't, far. Though I think it like really shows that I actually need a day off. I think so. Because like, or you need to drink a little bit more of your drink over there for my liquid courage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the first of all was James Donnelly. He was beaten rapidly. His skull being hit repeatedly. Johanna fought hard, but was eventually beaten to the ground as well. Thomas, though handcuffed, was fighting extremely hard to protect his family. He eventually got to the front door, but was met with a pitchfork that was thrusted in him numerous times. Jeez. Oh, my goodness, that hurts. Bridget had escaped upstairs, but she was found hiding and was beaten until she was limp. The four bodies were brought into the kitchen where they continued to beat them, even though I feel like they were already dead. One quote said, hit the hit the fellow on the head with that shovel and break his head open. So Thomas' head was continued to be bashed in three to four more times. Oh my God, that is insane. The men apparently also bashed in the dog's head. I was like, leave a friggin' dog. This is literally mob mentality. Like it just uh, unleashes. The house was then lit on fire and the mob proceeded over to William Donnelly's house. You'll remember though, 
that the Donnellys had the fifth house guest there. The little 13-year-old Johnny O'Connor. Yeah. He was Johnny. He was missed during all this commotion as he was hiding under the bed and was luckily able to break free from the house after the vigilantes had left. Quote, unquote, vigilantes. Vigilantes. He ran to the nearest neighbor and told them what happened. As the committee arrived at William's house, it was actually John Donnelly who opened the door. He was spending the night there. As soon as he opened the door, he was immediately shot while William and his wife hid inside, hoping the mob would leave. They actually did eventually leave, saying, There's enough bloodshed tonight, boys. Let's go home. Jesus. Enough bloodshed? Wow. So see, like, the, I just feel like, like maybe back in the day, that was just how you solved stuff? I don't know. It's definitely not how you should solve stuff. I mean, I, I understand, like... It's not, they weren't as progressive as we are today, for sure. I understand violence was a lot more um, ingrained into the society. Yeah, like accept it. However, that does not mean we disagree with these people, so let's go bash their head in with a shovel. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, they. so five lives were taken that night. Jesus. That's a lot of lives. That left only four surviving Donnellys, Jenny, Patrick, William, and Robert, because two of the kids had previously passed away, one from an illness and one from a knife fight. From a knife fight. From a knife fight. <laughs> I was not expecting that. <laughs> from at a different time. I was thinking like an accident on the farm, an illness, but a knife fight just out of nowhere. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's the way to go. Like, I would not want to die of a knife no, fight. No. Um, the funeral service was conducted by Father John Connolly, the same priest that initially started the Peace Society, which I thought, I don't know, I just thought that was interesting. Yeah. The church was packed. Some were shocked. Others were relieved because the Donnellys are down. Yeah. And I'm sure others were probably like laughing and bragging. Well, and then some of the vigilantes even were in attendance, including Constable Carroll. Like, gosh, if you had part of this, like, don't go to the funeral. Right. I feel like that's just, like, nice human 101. Johnny was as well there, including several reporters. So October 4th, 1880, the first trial begins in London, Ontario. It's for Constable Carroll, who was charged for the murder of Johanna Donnelly. Johnny O'Connor testified, the little boy, Yeah. even though apparently the vigilantes did pretty much everything they could to stop him, including setting his house on fire. Holy fuck. Because apparently that family was kind of friends, I guess, with the Donnellys. They, I mean, they weren't against them. And so they didn't like them because of that. And then also they didn't want this little boy to testify. Wow. Good on this little boy. Could you imagine being 13 years old? I know. And he's still, this? he's still like, wow. see, everything I read, he was like still gun ho to, to go about it. I was like, good for you. Right. Johnny is like, Johnny's the badass of the day right here. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> With this trial, the jury claimed they couldn't reach a verdict though. One, and this was interesting. One jury declaring he would never convict Carol, even if he's seen the killings happening himself. What? <laughs> I was like, well, I mean, I think it's just because everyone's like so against the Donnellys. The second, are you okay? <laughs> I am just, uh. 
The second trial started the following year with the testimony being very similar, but this time Carol was found not guilty. Oh my God, are you and serious? And the rest of the prisoners are granted bail and never to be tried again. What? So despite eyewitnessing, eyewitnesses seeing the vigilante committee making the, their way to the Donnellys, Johnny O'Connor being under the bed and seeing all this shit go down. And William Donnelly also had testified because he saw his brother being gunned down in the house. The courts never convicted a single person for the massacre. Mass- ma- I'm saying that wrong for, again. For the manicure. Manicure. The massacre. <laughs> Mas- ma- I can't say Mas- it right now. Massacre. Massacre. The massacre. Not the manicure. The massacre. I think I got that right that time. Um. Okay, but honestly, something else I read, anything other than this would have probably caused a huge backlash. Why? Because everyone hated the Donnellys and like, I think there would have just been like riots and stuff. So, I mean, not that, that I'm saying that this, that was like how the outcome had to have been, but like, I feel like there was just outside pressures for this because there definitely was witnesses and and testimonies and stuff but yeah there literally no one to this day has paid for these murders that is absolutely ridiculous every single one of those people are fucking trash yeah holy fuck i i thought the donnelly's were going to be like a fucking like murderous family like the pictons or some shit well remember he did murder well, the one by I'm, accident. I'm, yeah, I don't think that was intentionally. He threw something at the dude, came out of rage. Maybe it was a fucking dangerous thing that he did, but I don't think he intended to kill him. No. And the, I mean, the Donnellys did a lot. Like with the stagecoach thing, there was reports where they they would go and, and hurt their competitors' horses and stuff. But then the competitors did the same thing back yeah, to them. Yeah, it's, it's just... It's the two sides of the coin. You have a war going back and forth. What are they supposed to do? Sit back? They have an entire town against them. Well, because remember, too, uh, prior to, like, the land issues, they were just doing their own thing for 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like, I don't know. So, yeah, no one no one paid a, a single price for for this mass murder. That is crazy. So that's the story. See, I did one that, ha- that you were like, oh, you mean it doesn't have an... A solid end. But I feel like kind of it does. It just wasn't justified. Yeah. Well, that definitely was not a justification ending. Yeah. There's people out there. Well, not out there now. They've clearly passed away, but they're like their families are out there. They're and still it's like, descendants. Yeah. And it's like they just went on with their lives and they just went on to procreate and do their farming or whatever. And it would be interesting to know if that Carol, the constable, was still. He's the biggest dick that. of them all. Just saying. Like, that guy can go fuck himself. He's the one you have the most problem with? Yes. He's he's a freaking officer and he's joining this apparently vigilante committee. He's literally the fucking Karen in the block watch, but he has all these like hidden agendas. He's only doing it because Tina down the street has chickens. She's not supposed to have chickens and I can hear them making noise and it wakes my dogs up. <laughs> well, I sometimes. think he wanted to be the one that brought the Donnellys down. He's a dick under, under his, like, I don't give a shit what a he wants. He's a dick. 
really. Yes. Let's hear how you really feel, Ben. Uh, do you want me to use a C word? Because I thought no. halfway through this, I could call him C word constable Carol. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the story. There you have it. Damn, that was. That's it's a, a very historic story, and I I feel like there's a lot of different sources out there and and i mean there's been like plays and books and everything so you could really dive into this this case and learn probably tons more but when you said it was really hard to get the facts straight on this though too hey it well, was I, considering it's like in like no trial was seen through really and it's like a false ending to the trial yeah and the it verdict just, was not correct was so long ago and there's just each source had like little tidbits of different different info which i found interesting it would it would be similar but like there'd be like little differences <laughs> well like what were some of the differences though oh you're really putting me on the spot here well you can't think of anything off the top of your your head can i well like you said like uh they weren't sure if they the they owned or leased the land yeah okay that was one thing anything else and it was all like minor details. Okay, it's not like yeah, five no. were dead or seven oh, were dead. It's gosh. nothing like that, right? No, no, okay, no. It wasn't. It wasn't stuff like that. It was just. Yeah, I'm trying to like look through my notes. I didn't write down. Well, it's not pertinent. <laughs> I was just curious. As long as it's not major information. No, like, it wasn't major information. Okay. It was just different, different way of telling. Not even like the most important bits of the story. Gotcha. So, but then it just like kind of played with me and i was like what the heck like i want to know exactly so then i'd read like different things and try to pick the one that was like the most common from good sources of course oh there's also oh i should have wrote it down there was um uh there's like a brewery i can't remember a craft beer place now that is, is about the donnelly's really where do you know where I'm assuming in Ontario. Like, okay. I think it was where all this stuff went down, but. We should go there one day. I, I want to go there. I know. Because I think there was um, the gravesite. Um, there was a little bit about that. And they had to remove the the tombstone because it kept getting, like, vandalized and stuff, oh, which geez. I thought was really crappy. But it has been replaced. At one point, they weren't letting people go in there because it was just, I think, a lot of people wanted to to go see and stuff right i don't know if you can go in at this point but i think that'd be really interesting probably being vandalized by freaking constable carol's bratty <laughs> ass kids i don't know probably just bratty kids yeah yeah that was a good case though well done so there you have it yeah it's very interesting i i would be interested to read a book about it actually i would i would like to dive in a little bit deeper even after just yeah, this well, maybe you bit. should dive in yeah see what you can figure out yeah so thanks for listening. Yeah, we appreciate you guys being here. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram at Wicked and Grim. We'll, of course, make sure we post a little selfie. Actually, we should we haven't taken a selfie yet. We'll, we'll take a little selfie. Wait, I'm wearing the same shirt that all the selfies are in, though, so we can't. <sighs> Why? I'll have to change. <laughs> You're going to change. <laughs> okay, so Nicole's got to change, and then we'll post a selfie. But by the time that happens, it'll be, it'll be up on Instagram, and you guys can go check us out. You can go see that selfie. And, of course... We appreciate you guys being here. Thank you. Yeah. So. Stay wicked, friends. Yeah. See you later. Peace.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.